Yeah, this would be the end of my day's notes. Oh, we're going to be here for 50 years. Everyone's going to be dead no, except we're not, for and us. No, we're not. We're going to fucking we're gonna get you, you're homeboy you're, Lenny Kravitz out of there, too. <laughs> yeah, I want to bring They're um, sweet. basically they saved us for a fiery death. It's like 80 Well, you guys will be dead. I'm going to acquire, like, just all of the, the giant friendships. friendships. Half elves live like hundreds of years. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so we'll be fine. No, yeah. that's what I'm saying. We'll yeah. be fine. Humans, we'll be dead. Humans, <laughs> humans are the shortest lived race of like. Tieflings are pretty Everyone. big. Low. Well, yeah, humans. Muffalo, we were dead. pretty fabulous. Halflings live pretty long. Dwarves live four fucking ever. Half live 75 years, so that's human. Yeah. Well, you got the and then tieflings live. A few years down. longer. Yeah. They, they're a little more robust because fire doesn't hurt them, so you don't get sunburns. <laughs> Which, wow, that is so different from my reality. Yeah. <laughs> so, so different. Haughty bitches. Callista's Haughty feeling a little salty bitches. at you right Jonathan's now. already talking about Adelaide. Just feeling a little salty at Callista. He was like, he was like, yeah, I missed you. <laughs> Trying to save her own ass. I like, loved I was, you. I was, well, it I backfired. You. I'm really sad that you died. <laughs> it did. I like to imagine that you guys are having all these conversations in prison. We are. You can basically put this out. Did we start? Is this happening? It's like a reality show where we're just all talking over each other. You know I did. Hey guys, welcome to episode 15 of Hit Dice. 16. 16 of Hit Dice. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Patches. Yeah. America's favorite Dungeons and Dragons podcast. You know, I got a letter just the other day from Barack Obama, and he told me that we're the world's favorite podcast. If the world's favorite podcast was about D and D. Wes, I just want you to know that what you're doing with the podcast is fucking incredible. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome to episode 15 of Hit Dice Pod. I am Wes Cordell. 16. 16. God damn, dude. Um, welcome to, I mean, I guess we, whatever. Welcome to episode 16 of Hit Dice Pod. I'm Wes. I'm the Dungeon Master. I'm the host. I'm excited to uh, play being in prison. This should be pretty exciting, you know? Hopefully not sedentary and weird and locked up. With me today... I have my players, who I feel like it's been far too long since you guys got to introduce yourselves. I'm going to start on my left with Caleb Hanks. I'm Caleb Hanks. Uh, I'm Barack Obama on a buffalo. <laughs> now, I'm Caleb Hanks. I play the human that rides on a buffalo. His name is Guy Fieri. That's canon on a buffalo. What's his class, dude? Hey, he's a ranger. <laughs> and, he oh. and a human. Jonathan Ganong. Hello. Um, I am playing Arbel Tink Tink Garwin, is a gnome who is a gnome divination wizard. I am Adelaide. Wait, I didn't say your name yet. Nina Larson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nina Larson. I'm Adelaide, also known as Dadelaide's daughter. And I oh, am... if that's nasty. Your mirror <laughs> image is your dad. I'm a half of Warlock. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making it weird, Matt. Yeah, you made it super weird. <laughs> uh, uh, I feel like you made it weird. Rachel Watkins. No, you did. <laughs> no, you made it weird. I'm talking to Rachel now, Nina. Yes, I am Rachel Watkins, playing Callista Astorio, stage name Grace, the tiefling bard who's super salty at patches right now. I like that you are doing your stage name with your intro. Yeah. That's fun. I haven't done that before, that's, but I realize that's, that's in sexy. there. That's sexy. That's S-E-C-K-Y-S-Y. Alan Clark. 
playing Patches, the half elf rogue, who's fucking salty at Callista, whatever. <laughs> There's obviously a little bit of conflict going on right now. Uh, before I get to the reason that there is a bit of conflict, I want to say thank you. Thank the good gods who wrote D&D for writing this game that we're playing right now. Caleb, you want to talk a little bit about our sponsor? I want to talk a little bit about dragons. So, they are mythical creatures. Go on. Uh, they're very scaly. Mm -hmm. uh, and one was vomiting wine on Twitter earlier. And it inspired us to start playing this game called Dungeons & Dragons to perform the act of Dungeons & Dragons. You have to have some of the coolest things in the world, which are dice. dice. Lots of people try to eat them and die. Don't do that. Yeah. We have an incredible sponsor called Tabletop Loot, and they will give you right now 15% off if you put in the code Arwell's Estranged Balls. <laughs> Then where'd you they can go? get where they go into <laughs> your pocket dimension. Then <laughs> <laughs> you can get some money off the dice. Wes, tell them more because I'm tired of fucking talking about it. Here comes y'all. If you like probability, but not the gambling, which my players are particularly good at after last episode, head over to Hit Dice Pod. Yeah, they're not very good at the gambling, but they can always rely on their dice. From Tabletop Loot, head on over there. Caleb said that right now they're offering 15% off, but I'm pleased to tell you that always they're offering 15% off. Enter the code Hit Dice Pod at checkout. You can get whatever the fuck you want. They got coffee cups, they got t-shirts that are designed by our very good friend, Samantha Darcy, and if you're not wearing one, you look like shit right now. So get over there, order a shirt, get some dice on us. It's kind of like you're playing with this. It's kind of like you're wearing a beater. beater. <laughs> a better t-shirt than you are right now. So like Caleb was saying, we just posted a lovely video on the Twitter of him making vomit noises and Alan talking about murdering people onto the Twitter space. If you want to hit us up on the Twitter space, you can reach us at Hit Dice Pod. But we are also now very active on Facebook and Instagram. Hit us up on there, guys. In addition to that, if you're enjoying the podcast, we don't want to ask you to consider leaving us a review. We are appalled you haven't left us a review yet. It takes two seconds, much longer than it takes us to come up with these asshole stupid jokes about Obama. Take a moment, click that five-star review. You'd be doing us a huge favor. We'd like it to be bigger than we are now. I literally did not know that Hit Dice had an Instagram Now you do. <laughs> well, now you and I'm, everybody knows. I'm, I'm picking up my phone. I'm going to Instagram, and I'm... Tell us how easy it is, Alan. I'm now following Hit Dice Pod. Wow. It was... I did not edit this. It was that fast, everybody. Let's get into this episode. I'm just going to do a full recap really quick, a really quick one. Yeah. You guys went to a magic school called Kaggerts. You went there to try and solve a strange mystery that was clandestine in nature. You, at the end of it, found a young dragon that was trying to curry favor with other dragons. You followed that lead all the way back to Raven's Bluff. A black plume was rising above it, and as you investigated that and became advisors for the Council of Lords by winning a championship in the town during the Midsummer's Festival, you encountered a dragon called Yenitazasis who had an elemental gemstone that was causing a black plume to rise above the city and burn any adventurers who were trying to investigate it. The Council of Lords, trusting all of you up till that point, tasked you with finding another elemental gem. Their first rumor and their first lead was the heart of a red dragon that was still said to be burning in a mountain you all chased that lead down killed a fat ugly witch that worked at kfc and found yourselves in the elemental plane of fire after you guys wrangled a nightmare for the sultan's vizier as a way to pay him back for saving your lives you guys were imprisoned 
after Patches stole a spell scroll and Callista confessed it to everyone. And as they mentioned at the beginning of the episode, they are salty at one another. It should prove to be dramatic and fun. You all are in a prison cell with brands on your necks, shackles around your arms. And, and no clothes. And you are naked. But anyway, yeah. so like Adelaide, now that she's naked, she's just covered in scars and she touches the brand oh, to yeah. the back of her neck a little bit and her hands are still melted off from touching that thing. She just goes, huh, another scar. She's pretty much unfazed by that, but you can tell that she's trying to hide her missing finger from you. And now that her arcane focus is gone, yeah, she's definitely hiding the stub. Yeah, <gasps> yeah. They took your. They took everything. And as you came in, I should say this specifically: you knew that the stone that turned into a frog on the back of your hand is supposed to stay there, and the only person who can remove it is you. But as soon as you came in here, it just fell out. Yeah. So there's something that is at least canceling out the magic that you guys have. So they're able to take off your finger, Arwell's glove, that frog in the back. I have a total magic hand, t- like tan line. Like farmer's tan? Yeah. Tan line. is like perfectly pearl white and is really unhappy about having any mar on her skin on the yeah. back of her neck. Yeah, you all have this the same This day has gone from bad to worse. I look at you brand. and I'm like, eh, it's not that bad. <laughs> you all have this same brand and it is a simple geometric flame. On the sides of it, there are four sides to it. And in the middle, there are three lines. The top one in the center of it is larger than the rest, and it's this very simple brand on the back of your necks. You guys couldn't see it before, but you can all see it now. The skin around it is... For most everyone except Callista, red and bulging, but for Callista, it's like a deep purple where your skin is all around it. You guys maybe should be worried about infections, but the fact that your skin is burned shut probably means that there isn't anything to worry about. It hurt incredibly when you wore it, and there is a very strange pain coming from it. The warden here made fun of you all just a bit as he locked you into this cell together, made fun of you for stealing from Efridi and then for confessing to Efridi, and then... Arwell scared him with Ori just really quickly. But as you let Ori out, you felt like you didn't pull her back in. You feel like something else pulled her back in. And you're having a hard time reaching her and feeling her like you normally do, where she's really close to your heart, almost like you just move your fingers, how simple it is to think about moving your fingers. It's that simple to summon her out. But you're having, you had a really hard time finding her and pulling her out, and now that she's gone, you're having an even harder time finding her. Mm-hmm. But you guys are in this strange space together, and you guys have been told that over the in the next 12 hours or so, you are all going to be sent out to um, go to this place where fire won't touch and the Afridi won't go because the land is desecrated. But you were all sent sitting in the cell right now. If there's anything you'd like to do? I'm going to go over to Adelaide and see how she is. Hi, Arwell. Thanks for checking on me. Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, you know, it's another scar, another day, another another thing happening. And I still feel like I don't know who my patron is, and I don't really know all of what's going on, but I could still feel some power, and I feel like... You know, I might have some tricks up my sleeve if we need something. I was looking for just a simple one, okay? Oh, I'm fine. (laughs) Relax. I'm totally joking, totally joking. I am am, uh, trying to annoy the shit out of the guards by acting, like, super excited to be enslaved. Like, I'm totally cool with it. Like, like, woo, slavery, this... (laughs) 
fucking great. These jackals are so yeah. shiny. Yeah, free housing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there yeah. are there are two salamander guards, and they do pace very much, like almost like a video game. They are walking back and forth down this hallway. There are two other cells that you guys could see. The double doors in front of them that slide in opposite directions. You couldn't see who was in them, but you can certainly hear other voices very quietly talking in them, just like you all are whispering to one another right now. Except for Patches, he's screaming out that he loves it here. Um, do we want to do this thing tomorrow, or do we want to get out of this situation now? I'm wondering that too because I feel like we should get the elemental stone here. Is it here? I don't know. I mean, we should like we should multitask. Well, so we should we maybe do this. About the that it's they're widely available just out in the wilderness. Yes. Yeah. So while we're doing whatever this mm -hmm. douchebag, the fucking Sultan's vizier, wants us to do, we could maybe, like, along the way, find a miner, M-I-N-E-R. <laughs> oh. And... <laughs> <laughs> Guy was getting all excited. And snag us a fucking stone. Do you still have your stone that we can talk to Catacruz on? They have all my on? stuff. <laughs> they have all of your stuff. All of our stuff. You guys are more or They're going to let us take our gear. Uh, you what said happened that to we could take our gear on the Buffalo mission. With yeah. you. They told you that he would be allowed to go with you all, and he is tied up out front. He's a beast, so you can't really imprison a beast. They don't care. They're happy to be captives, so. So, <laughs> you confessed? I tried to pay for what I knew he was going to discover was missing and only have my name to attach it to. That didn't, I mean, but why confess? Because when he discovered it was missing, we didn't he was know going he was to send discover. someone hunting There's so for many spell scrolls, right? We literally walked in the shop, asked for it, put it back, walked out, and it wasn't there anymore. But we don't know if he's going to be looking for that you spell scroll You don't think he has some soon. sort of arcane way to keep up with exactly where every single scroll in that shop is? I, no, I don't. The way these people <laughs> operate everything around here? There's no way. I mean, there's so he many He was going to come here? hunting me down wherever we went. Because mine was the only name he had. But why that did he have it. your name? Because I gave it to him. Yeah. <laughs> to try to make a book deal because that's the whole point of everything we're doing. But my whole point on this of everything note that, that you gave him, was things. the confession with your name? or No, when I was in the shop, I'm talking to the man mm -hmm. while our friend here is stealing things from him. Telling it's him, trying to talk city. him down on prices. Uh, All I'm just... saying is, I'm not going to stop stealing stuff. So, you know, like... I'm saying there's a time and a place, and this was neither and of those. And it's all the time and all the places. That's that is, just that what I do. just idiotic. That's just... That's so my is confessing thing. to a place where you know the result is enslavement. I was well, trying... I know you're trying to... I sent him money. I paid a fucking <laughs> scroll. Yes. He was not supposed to turn around and arrest us no, for me trying to make it right. Away from okay. the drama. <laughs> That's fine. We'll do what we need to do from here on out. But I think there were two bad decisions today. I'll tell you, tell you what. From now on, from now on, I'm just not going to tell anyone when I steal things. That Please don't. Great. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> now not. we're not accomplices. So, yeah. But, and, totally. And y'all don't have to worry about it. I'm not going to not steal. I'm going to say, I don't know who the fuck that guy is. That's fine. And I'm not I thought we were out. friends, Calissa. And God so damn. You're gonna... I did too, but you just put us all in jail. You guys kind of look over. You did. The whole both reason we're did. here is both because they you know did. I did it. I think we all agree that both of you put us in jail. He would have found us. You don't know that to a certainty. I do. No, you don't. You guys look over and guys just kind of chuckle to himself, he's like, you guys just think that guy ain't gonna have your back? Well, 
here we go. I brought in a little something, something that's gonna get us right on out of here. And he starts reaching up his butt and he pulls out a key. <laughs> and he's like, mm-hmm. And tries to open the lock. He's like, ah, wrong key. Throws <laughs> <laughs> it on the ground. Adelaide's just picking dirt out of her fingernails, staring at the wall. <laughs> now that Tashed Out was. Figure away. We're here. This is what's happening. Okay. We gotta we gotta work with what we got. This place and he's not gonna tell us to when he legs. steals and let's make some group decisions, even though we only think it might affect us singularly. Okay, group decisions. We need a signal when you guys want me to charm or frighten whoever we're trying to run away from. Where'd that come from? Because I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, I think we should go out. I think we should go on this quest. Plan time. I think we should go out. I think we should go on this quest. I think we should find one of these stones. I think we should get that stone. And then I think we should get the fuck out of here. And I think if you are able to, if we can find some sort of way to collect materials, collect whatever you need to figure out how to, if these shackles are magical, yeah. what they do, if we can just leave them on and hike it back to the material plane totally. with them on. Once they're going to give us our gear before we go on this little mm-hmm. mission. We can, we can, we can yeah. do this. We're clever. We got it. We got it. You also, might slavery need to- is great. Like, woo! <laughs> also, we might we might need to team up. I know you're very persuasive. I'm also very persuasive. We might need to team up in convincing them. I'm very we need, deceptive. I'm we, not necessarily very oh. persuasive. Well, we might need to convince them that we need all of our gear. Well, yeah. They're probably only going to give us oh, a totally. little bit, but we need all of it. I'm upset that my finger's gone. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, Adelaide is sitting there with nine fingers right now. Uh-huh. Well, you know, like, I love I mean, this. I love it. Adelaide's fingers gone. I I'm love that go. we're naked and shackled. I'm I love all hand this so with much. I'm going to hold Adelaide's hand with a missing finger with both <laughs> mine, so I hide it. I'd say since we're going to be enslaved here for the night, uh, we take a little nap. Put my finger up and, like you're borrowing. Yeah. <laughs> wait till they let us out. <laughs> I can definitely use a long rest. I'm going to take my naked ass to sleep. And I'm going to... Is there hay and stuff in the cell? There is not hay. It is just stone on the floor. I'm going to lay Perfect. naked on the stone and enjoy it. And that's okay. the only time you ever feel any cool. Might as well get a long rest yeah. in. Since yeah. Oh, yeah, so. fair. Oh, Good it's call. hot as fuck. Everyone needs to roll constitution saving throws for me. Uh, tip to take a long rest. So you did good. Constitution still my best. Oh, yes, but I will lower your DC because the stone only affects you and the heat does not. God fucking. Uh, yep. Uh, yep. Okay, we'll start with Guy. Okay, it's 17. Um, mine's 19. Okay. Fucking 5. 21. Wow. 4. Ooh, nice. that's a rough. Arwol, Guy, and Callista all managed to get a short rest. Patches. Short rest? A long rest, I'm sorry. <laughs> Patches, yeah. You guys all managed to get a long rest, and Patches and Adelaide, oh, you only get a short rest. The heat here... Because I'm so excited about the, slavery. The heat here is seriously incredible. You guys are sweating all night. It's like when you have a quilt on, and your heat's not being enough, and you don't have a fan in your room, and it, the beginning of summer just hits, but you're also sleeping on actual hot stone. You guys just aren't able to finally fall into that deep slumber. You're kind of tossing and turning all night, so you guys get the effects of a short rest. Guy, you now only have two points of exhaustion. Which means that your speed is halved and you have disadvantage on ability checks. I'm gonna roll my hit dice, my tabletop loot dice for yeah, hit I'm dice. Um, just roll my. Does my, my song of rest ability work here? Sure. Uh, yeah, you could just sing. Your voice is still yeah. intact. So I'd sing 
a lullaby. One of the salamander guards comes over and he has a heated trident and he just slams it up against this. He, it looks like if a salamander was made of actual lava, that's what these things look like. Then he just walks over and hits this trident up against this jail cell and it just rings out and says something in a language, but you can tell that it's frustrated and it's just as soon as Patches is saying, slavery, woo! <laughs> what a, a Debbie Downer. You all do wake up the next morning. As you do, that same Efridi that walked you all in here is hitting those bars just as hard as he can with this sword. And in common says, time to wake up, everybody. You have work to do. Okay. We're awake. Well, you guys only have one door. He slides these bars open. The portcullis behind him is opened up. Two salamander guards sit behind him. He has a curved, beautiful scimitar that is just glowing like it just came out of a blacksmith's kiln. And he just says, you've got your work cut out for you today. I'd be surprised to see you all come back alive. No Efridi here will even touch the place that you've been told to go. Desecrated land, I've heard. So we'll give you some of your equipment. See if you can make it back. Sounds pretty resourceful. Can we take our equipment? Pretty sure the Sultan's Vizier is going to want us to succeed at this. Um, we're going to need everything. We didn't bring any extraneous stuff. Rule persuasion. 18. The mistake that you're making is that you think there are no other slaves that can do this task directly behind you, but you make a good point. And even with all of your equipment, what can you do? Nothing. Nothing. We That's can't do right. anything. We suck. We might as well have all of our equipment because we suck so much. Ah, it Check usually it takes many more days for people to realize this. Not Seems you all are wise. We're clever. Yes. I see what you're doing, and I'd watch that tone. But I agree with you. Take all of your equipment. See if it makes a difference. You little I doubt it will. Are there any fire resistance anything? You can take what you came with and do your best out there. We're all going to die. Remember? <laughs> Remember? 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 Do you remember? <laughs> Are we allowed to make stops on our way out? Yeah, of course. There's slaves walking around everywhere. You're asking him if you're allowed to make stops? Of course not. You've been given a job by the Sultan's Vizier. You are not running errands for your master. You are going out onto the Plain of Fire's wilderness, and you are taking care of the smoldering tower? If I'm right. We gotta, we gotta figure out why the, the flames won't reach this place. Ah, it seems you did listen, and maybe you do know your place. Follow me. And he turns around, his back to you, the two salamander guards at your backs. They walk you out, and then these two bars slide across from one another. You walk down to the front of this place, and as you do, you walk down these stairs. There is an enormous footlocker. It's like a footlocker, but it's very long against this wall. He opens this thing with one simple key, and as he opens this, he is bringing out all of your equipment. He unfolds it, and each of your equipment is in a nice little pile. So he gives each of you basically a sack that includes all of your things in it. And he just says, hurry and get dressed. You don't have long now. I'm sure that your friend, the giant, will be here to pick you up soon. All right, boys, let's see the sacks. Just before you go, if you have any notes or anything that you would like to give someone you love uh, from the material plane, I believe, I'd be happy to deliver those death notes to them for a nominal fee, of course. I highly doubt you'll be making it back. I want to write a note that just says, go fuck yourself and give it to him. <laughs> Can we contact the storm giant? Oh, somehow. Nah, or Isaacs, maybe? 
The only way we could do that is I have, glory. I mean, I have an, a stone that calls Kaggards. I mean, they could talk to... All we need to say is we're, we're in the plane of fire. We I don't help. think it crosses you can't. You yeah. can't make Ori... Yeah, no, yeah, you, or you can't just yeah travel planes. Can I look to see if there are any boots in other people's stuff that I might have some protection against fire damage? Well, we're going with the fire giant. He can hold us. Okay. So maybe we can get through. I mean, that's how we got Probably. out, and we didn't take any damage. Like when he yeah. picked us up. So I say we wait for Lenny Crabbigs. Just in case, send a letter back to our sponsor. That's probably you want to send a, late, a letter to Tabletop Loop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, the letter just says, get 15% off your dice at Tabletop Loop. You dead. guys are dead. For We're going to send a letter to I. Well, what is the nominal fee? I will ask first. Mm, that's all right. I keep forgetting about the fee. Mm, uh, I think that if it's someone you care about, 40 gold pieces should be. I don't really care about him. He's just my boss. Sure. Roll for it. Roll persu- persuasion? Roll. Uh, deception. 13. I don't care how they're related to you. I was being kind. Let's make it 50 gold pieces. Do we want to split it? How do we want to no, do this? fuck it. I'm going to send it anyways. I'm going to send... Guys, guys, you remember when I got that money from the horse race? That's true. I'm going to spend my horse race money <laughs> on a letter to Isaac. Splurging. Okay. Help! Help, motherfucker, help! I'll also ask him. I need to know how this is going to the material plane. Many tradesmen go to the material plane. I'm sure I can get it there. But in what time frame? If you die. Also, material Never plane's mind. pretty Fuck big. It. Yeah, we're good. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Assume we're going. No, to no, 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 no. Let's do it. Let's send the note. Okay. But then, if we die, what's going to happen? He's, you're you're saying that you'll send the note if we die, all of us or any of us? All of you. All of us have to die. Yes. Perfect. Let's send the note. Yeah. Are you winking at me in your patches speak? Yes. Okay, I trust you. Yeah, let's send the note. Okay, I'm sending the note. Yeah, I'll write me. the note. Fuck it, I'll write the note. I don't speak wink. <laughs> I'm writing a note. I'm right back to where I was before I won that horse race. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. It's hell out here. It's literally. Literally hell. <laughs> Except no. <laughs> Except no. It's just a lot like that. We met a demon from the fourth level. <laughs> She was very mean. She <laughs> was a level she 36 in Pokemon I talked to Go. people a lot longer than I oh, cared to because I thought something would happen. I am level 36. <laughs> um, this isn't good. Um, it's still better than mine. If you think this is good, this is not even good. I just going to read it out loud. This is this passive-aggressive note to Isaac. Thank you so much. I love being enslaved. <laughs> <laughs> just in case this guy reads it for 50 gold, like, worth it. But also, too, like, it got back to Isaac's. Isaac's like, oh, also, I feel really bad. <laughs> you guys all receive your equipment back as Patches is writing this note. I'm assuming everybody... I don my dawns. Yeah, dawns their equipment, their wear, their magic items. You guys are all back to normies. You guys just spent a night in a jail cell. Two of you were unable to sleep. Arwol, as... Patches is reading this note. I'd like to tell you a little bit about what happened over the night. Well, you had a long to hear rest. What happened in my sleep? You've been thinking about it this entire time. Uh, I feel like Arwell has been just a little bit distant as everybody else has been talking. Though you were able to get a long rest, your sleep was fitful and it was strange. You were sweating profusely, like when I was young. <laughs> you were, yeah. You are reminded of when you were very young. Yeah. You sweated profusely all night as you dreamed of fire all around you. Though you were standing on a ledge alone, you saw a small, brilliant red light. And as you went up to touch it, the fire grew and shrank as if it was breathing around you. And then suddenly it envelops you wholly as it develops a face and eyes 
as you enter its mouth and it eats you and swallows you whole, but you don't die. And as you enter this fire, you hold a small heart in your hand, an anatomically correct heart. It barely beats as you go through ring after ring after ring of bright, brilliant white light in a dark void. Then suddenly one of the rings turns into a dragon's maw and snaps down on you so quickly and violently that it jolts you awake just before the warden hits the side of you all's jail cell. My note, Isaacs, we are enslaved in the plane of fire. The Sultan and the Vizier will keep us here indefinitely. It's so great. <laughs> and, then, and then parenthetical, I have read terrible. <laughs> Help. <laughs> but we might be, quote, dead, unquote. <laughs> Patches. <laughs> that is modern wardrobe. <laughs> you should write books. <laughs> I love it. It's full of code. You all are fully equipped. Arwell is struggling with this dream that no one else knows of as of now. Patches is writing a note. Adelaide pays $50, 50 gold pieces, sorry. It's actually $5,000, basically. Well, that's fine, whatever. Patches, I'm really glad that you wrote that. <laughs> don't know what you wrote on it. Don't want to know. I'm still going to think that it was very important. <laughs> um, as Adelaide puts her amethyst finger back on, did I get it back? Yep. As, I, as she puts it on, you can just see her sigh and relax. Perfect. So you all are fully equipped, uh, though you are beaten. These, though, though your equipment is fully donned, all of your magic items are back, all of your inventory is in your packs, you also have these shackles around your wrists, and they are heavy. As long as you have these shackles around your wrist, you are going to have minus one to dex and strength checks and attacks. Um, I would like to discuss the fact that if we go outside of this brass bowl, we're probably going to die. Also, um, I just want to, is, can anyone, can someone overhear me talking? They can now. Kravik has not come to pick you all up yet. Okay. Um, then I don't say anything at all. To reassure Adelaide, we'll be fine in Kravik's hands. And then our destination, the flame yeah, doesn't reach it. Reach it. I'm not sure he's taking us all the way there, necessarily. I... You are able to speak to Kravik, right? I don't understand what he's saying, but you do. Mm-hmm. So, could you ask him if he's coming all the way with us? Mm-hmm. If his eyebrows could translate to a podcast. <laughs> the eyebrows are going crazy. So, as this warden is taunting you mm -hmm. and accepting your 50 gold pieces and this note from Patches, he does fold it up. He doesn't even read it. He puts it into his pocket and says, If worse comes to worse, I'll make sure this is delivered to your friend on the material plane. Thank you. And as he does, you guys hear these big footfalls just outside of this place. Kravik waits outside of it. The double barred doors open opposite of one another. And as they open up, you guys see these two enormous feet. They have this piecework metal armor over the top of them, almost like shin guards. And you can hear Kravik say, time to go. As he shows up, guy, you were the only one who could understand him. He says, we gotta go. Oh, okay. You all walk out and once more Kravik bends down and very easily scoops you all up into his embrace. He begins to walk outside of the city. That walk outside of the city, though it is still long, it is nowhere near eight hours. But you guys are not leaving through the same gate, it seems like you left before. On the way, yes. I say, all right, everyone, we have to kill five people, burn the bodies, they have to be like a similar size to all of us, and then they'll think that we got burned alive out there. And then we died, and they'll send the note, and they'll come for us. 
We, basically, Maybe you need to put on that was, amulet that amulet and reassess the situation. But we have to make her death. We have to make them think that we're dead. Okay. Prestidigitation. Can prestidigitation Not for that For six seconds. <laughs> we could kill a bunch of rodents. Um, make I don't think, I don't think we need the bodies. <laughs> put them together. Put them in the, 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 the same bodies and set them on fire. <gasps> we can maybe convince Kravig to come back and tell them that we, we died. We fucking died, yes. But then I'm Isaac so is going to try to rush to the fire plane to save is us. He? If we're dead. Uh, what did you write in the note, though? I, Isaacs, we're enslaved in the plane of fire. The Sultan and the Vizier will keep us here indefinitely. It's so great. Read terrible. Help, but we might be dead. <laughs> Are there any other options besides this that we can I think up? I think uh, Adelaide's plan to um, get Kravig to help us yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. That's what we should Would do. Would you ask Kravig if he's going with us all the way? Kravig, are you taking us to our final destination? Poor choice of words. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, in a sense, I suppose. But I cannot take you all the way there. It is desecrated land. You are unfortunate to go there. If the fire won't touch it, then the passion of these lands doesn't either. These people may be harsh, but they know what they like. And they know how the world here works. Sounds like an oasis. As he's walking, he is not walking you north toward the cinder sweeps where you guys originally left town. He's walking you west toward what's called the plume. And this gate is much, 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 much closer than the gate for the cinder sweeps. You guys are headed to the golden gate. On the way, I want to tell everyone about my dream and that I haven't been having dreams in this manner, uh, like, because I have divination since birth. Um, we're going toward, I think, Yalikwea, Harlaglawa, Harla Harla um, her heart. Um, I'm not positive, and I think it's going to be... Fine. No, but... I think we're going into something go. extremely dangerous. Um, um, but the heart is there. That's okay. what we came here for anyway, so... Okay. Yay slavery, but, let's go. I mean, everyone keeps talking about desecrated land, but remember that guy that was afraid of water? Haha, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> like, maybe desecrated land in the fire realm is water, which Possibly. we like. Could you ask him what they mean by desecrated land? Do you think our giant friend can tell us? What do they mean by desecrated land? All I know is that the fire won't touch it. No one will touch it. You all are the only ones sent out. You're the first ones out. So no one knows. You're to report back with the answer. Kravig um. said... Don't think about touching it. Don't sing about thinking about touching it. He said, don't touch it. <laughs> what? What? It's from that movie, Walk the Line. <laughs> it's hearsay, but I do believe that the heart will actually be able to at least transport us out of this plane. Do we want to convince Kravig to tell everyone that we died? I think, I don't think we want to convince him to tell, to lie. I think we need to... Tell him if we're not back in four hours, we're dead. Yes. I think okay. we need to hang out I there. think we, yeah. We could literally just stay there forever. No one's going to come find us what are, or attack what are us. Yeah. Instructions. yeah, we could live there forever. Yeah, we could live there if we needed to. <laughs> D&D's over. <laughs> <laughs> we're just living. We live in the desecrated <laughs> land on the plane of fire. If it's one of those heart thingies, then we could probably teleport with it, and we could probably teleport Kravig with us. Uh, we'll, we'll find out when we get there. But we are going to, I think, a very extremely dangerous Situation. Yeah, we should collect all of our materials and see what we have at our disposal. Yeah, the heart is 
a really powerful item. So I think it's this might be what we're looking for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Buffalo is definitely with you. Yeah. Well, I can't talk to Kravik, Kravik about a goddamn thing since I. Uh, oh, now that you have your things, can you see if these shackles are magical? Oh yeah, absolutely. Someone put their hand down. Line around it, or whatever. Adelaide, so even, even in Kravik's hand, Adelaide holds her bracers out, and she's like, "Arwell, what do these do?" And Arwell draws this very familiar <laughs> circle around the underneath of Adelaide's hands. It takes him ten minutes. He chants every once in a while, but mostly it seems like a meditation as you're sitting there thinking about these things. The circle comes to a culmination, and as it does, you know that these shackles do two things outside of their physical. Uh, weight, mm -hmm. which is severely impeding, they grant anyone who wears them immunity to fire. Uh, they ooh. also are scrying devices, so someone who has the code uh, to them knows exactly where you are. Can I roll yes. Arcana to see if I know more about scrying devices? Yeah, of course. Kravik, break our arms so we can get out of these things. Six. With can six, all you were aware... <laughs> yeah, sure, a sister. Just with the d Assist me, teach. <laughs> Adelaide goes to speak up, and Arwell's like, don't forget these things. A three. A three, so nine total. Adelaide, you are thinking about this in scrying devices, and you think to, like, a crystal ball. You're not sure. It depends on the spell itself. It depends on the person looking at it. But you know that they can, at the very least, know where your location is. They know where we are. Okay. Um, I think you should tell Kravik um, that okay, we're, we do everything really quickly, um, we're very efficient, so if we're not finished with our task in X amount of time, we died. Is that cool with everybody? Two thumbs up. I tell it to Lenny Kravig. I would have assumed you were dead before then. Well, just Me too. To, to be sure, well, I didn't hear that, but to be sure to tell, make sure everyone knows that the five slaves died. Yeah. And why my identify spells uh, open? Mm -hmm. I'm going to finally take out that caltrop and put it in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's So it just lasts for a little while? It's not just on one item? Well, I mean, I can do it again if I need to. It's a ritual. Okay, you're just casting. Arbel's catching these rituals as you guys are traveling, because it does take a while to get there. That caltrop will cast thunder if it makes contact with any creature on a hit. Cool. But once that caltrop casts thunder, it is rendered useless. I'm going to. It has one use of thunder in it. Roll Arcana, and what does Thunder do? 14? Like, this is a calculator. Yeah, 14, you would know that it casts a Thunder Wave, and you can just... Oh, perfect. Yeah. Awesome. It's, does it do a cone afterward? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's super that cool. That is amazing. Yeah, it casts a spell Thunder on contact, but the thing that you should understand is that you can't control it from where you are, so where it hits, yeah, that cone yeah. is going to... Oh, yeah. as a tinkerer, I get that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that's exciting. We finally know what the Caltrop does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And your friend Thundershout gave that to you all for free. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Thundershot is our best friend in this campaign, I feel like. I love Dungeons and Dragons. You know what I love more than Dungeons and Dragons? Well, actually, equally amount, tabletop loot. Tell me more, Nina. Uh, tabletop loot has really great dice, and I've been surfing their dice selections, and they are just so great. And if you enter... They really the, are. Yeah, they really yeah. are. If you enter the code HITDICEPOD, you get 15% off, and then you can roll like these motherfuckers. <laughs> She's pointing at us, everybody. <laughs> As Kravig carries you all across the elemental plane of fire, you all are talking to him, saying, hey, if we're not out of here in two hours, we died. And he says, I know. <laughs> so he is bringing you up to this place. He sets you down just outside of it. 
assuming that you all get out of his hands, you step onto this elemental plane of fire. And as you're walking, the view from his hands is actually pretty incredible as he's walking across this plane of fire and the heat is not bothering you as much as it was before when you all left. You don't feel like it's life or death. It doesn't feel even like a bad sunburn. You can breathe normally. You feel a bit at home, believe it or not. And the entire time, those runes on your shackles are glowing. And you can see that seam like a welder's mark on these shackles, but he does set you down and all of this smoke is billowing around this plane, but most of it is distorted by this heat that's coming off of the ground. That big bright red sun doesn't seem to have moved in the sky like the sun does on the material plane. It seems to be sitting in the exact same spot. These mountains that are on the horizon with this eternal sunset that is just constantly present are not just billowing smoke, but they're billowing fire and ash. And as you get to this place, Kravik sits you down and he just says to you all, I'll wait here, but if I do go back to town and I do tell them what you said, it's important that you all understand my servitude is much greater than yours and the consequences exponentially more so. Only Guy can understand him. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, what did he say, He's guy? talking out to all of you, though. He is. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's saying you all. Uh, guy, though, you're the only one who can understand him. I need out of this city. I'm sick of it. But there isn't anything I can do. If you see a woman in there, help her. Tell her Kravik sent you and get her away from this place. Otherwise, I'll be waiting here for your return. And in two hours, I'll assume you're dead. And I'll tell the others as such. I tell everybody this. Wait, what What if there was a way we could take him with us? Uh, I, I'd tell him all that stuff. I doubt you'll be able to find a way out of here and there. Well, we found a weird way in here. True enough. My friend, if you find her, help her. Tell her my name. If she recognizes it, you'll know it's her. I have suspicions she's this way, but no way to know. Two hours. I tell the crew about the dame. Who is she? Who, uh, who's your friend? An elven woman, if you find her. Keep an eye out, y'all, for an elven woman named Tiffany, who is a hairdresser. Do we know her? Did you, we don't know her name. No. <laughs> um, I want to ask Arwul, when you figured out what these shackles do, mm-hmm. did you know if you wearer could see across planes of existence? I don't know. We don't know. <clears throat> okay. Um, once we get, once once we get home, we can fucking get these Isaacs will probably know if he's not, like, you uh, know, looking for us in the elemental plane of fire. After seeing what <laughs> Thundershout can do with a cow trap, I believe we can get these We're off. just gonna blow our arms off? Yeah. I'm down. Oh, also, quick question to Adelaide. Uh-huh. Um, do you think your patron would be able to help us if you sacrifice something? I don't know my patron. I don't know where this power comes from. I get glimpses of it, but I don't know. You know, the person that I met, I it was familiar, but not in a, like, you guys sort of way. Well, why don't you cut off your pinky <laughs> toe and we'll find out. Because I've never cut off a bit of my body. None of this, and I point to all my scars, was done by me. Some Okay, I lied. Some of this was done by me. But the little ones. My mom, stepmom, ugh. Oh, bitch. Stepmom. You know, you know how I'm feeling. Mm, People totally. have things against half-elves, and I don't get it. I think we're great. Oh, I know I'm great. Let me tell you, and <laughs> she, she rubs the stub of her ear. It's not as great as you think it might be. You do miss it. That's horrifying. And she, like, rubs her finger a little bit. But I'm willing to try. If things go further, I'm willing to try. 
Right. How much of your For ears you cut guys. Off? One ear looks human, but it looks like raggedly yeah. human. Like it yeah. was cut off very haphazardly, and then the other is very half elf. Okay. The red hot glow that covers the entire realm <laughs> you are in only seems to be a distant sunset from here. That red light that bathed everything that was ever present on all sides. That red light is like an enormous ring that surrounds the vast mountainscape of the Plain of Fire as far as you all can see. The distant mountains bathed in the red light can be seen smoking, running rich with lava, creating radiant firefalls. But here, the land seems to have lost its luster. Ash falls slowly and peacefully like snow. The ash isn't hot and it doesn't burn your skin on contact and the smoke seems to pour up from almost every crack in the ground around you. It's peaceful. You don't hear that hum that's ever present and pressing on your ears that the heat creates and that energy from the rest of this plane. The ground beneath you is pitch black and lacking the glorious fire this plane seems to be so proud to bolster. The igneous rock below your feet is lifeless and still. It seems that an entire island just before you, the fire won't touch. The cooled black rock beneath your feet is all around you. But it all seems connected in a really strange way. It swirls together like an enormous whirlpool in front of you, and at its center it swirls into a point. A strange black spire sticks up in the middle of it and points sharply toward the smoke-filled sky above it. How tall is the spire? From here, you would think it was like 50 feet. Okay. So this sure. is where Kravik stops? Yeah, right on the edge where this where this black rock starts to swirl together. He's still standing on the magma and a little bit of lava and obsidian, and where it's still hot, he's standing there, and he lets you off just there. Can I, like, reach my arm out and, like, perceive what it feels like on the other side? Mm -hmm. 21? Yeah, 20, 21, you 21. could you could perceive anything that wasn't normal. Like if you put your hand in water, you know it's in water. So you reach your hand across this and you don't feel a difference. You do feel a bit of a chill, but maybe that has something to do with the shackles that are around your hands. It just doesn't feel as hot as the place you just came from. Can I like touch the ground also? Yeah, it's hard, like rock. I'm going to take one step in. Yeah, and you're standing on solid ground. For the first time, the ground doesn't mold underneath your feet like it has been in so many other places. You step onto solid rock as you're standing here. I'm gonna look at her funny look and just walk in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arl just walks past you. Adelaide's being real uh, tedious and careful, and Arl just kind of, you just walk across it, up toward the spire. From Thingus. As you walk up to the spire, there is no obvious entrance, even as you all walk around this place, but there are small windows, some kind of ventilation maybe, but you're able to just five or 10 feet above this wall, you can see little windows that each of you could probably fit into if you needed to, but, uh, no door. There's not like doors that open or a giant cave cut where you could just walk straight into this place. Can I like just look in a window? Absolutely. Uh, you'd probably need to get on someone's shoulders. Oh, they high up? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, somebody give me a boost. I got you. Thanks. Adelaide gets under I you and boosts Adelaide. you up. It looks like from what you can see here, there is an enormous chamber and to your surprise, there is light inside of this. There are torches and sconces lit, as well as braziers that are lit and lighting this place. I report that back to everyone else. What color is the light? Like it just looks like fire. Normal mm -hmm. torchlight. Yeah, like, yeah, just like torchlight, exactly. Yes. 
Um, while I'm up here, uh, can I just look around and survey the land around behind us? Sure. Are there any other distinguishing features in this landscape? I turn you like around while you're on my shoulders. Flat stone and a spire, or is there you, anything else you, out there? It would be obvious if anything else was rising here, yeah. and where the rest of this plane seems to be constantly changing and forming and, and molding itself, this seems stagnant. And the spire seems to be the only thing here. Yeah, I'll roll nature to sure. see if there's sort of like uh, animal prints or weirdness. 16. You would know that it is strange. In nature, it's really weird to see something isolated like this, especially, it's like walking into a forest and there being a perfectly cut circle of trees but nothing having downed them. It's just like nothing will grow in this perfect circle. Yeah. That It's perfectly symmetrical, perfectly round, and it's like nothing will grow here. And you would know, even though you're not familiar with the fire plane, that this is really strange. Hey, gotcha. Rogue, you want to sneak in there? Fuck um, yes. I mean, I can always send Orion. You can always burst into flames again. Um, I'm gonna. I want to climb up there okay. and hop in. You want to get on my shoulders? I'm just, I'm, I mean, I can climb I good like a beast. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna send Orion after him anyway. Okay. I'm so, Pat, as you run and you jump and grab onto the side of this window, you just pull yourself up and over. Are you trying to get all the way in? I'm at least you know, kind of perch and look in. Okay, you're like sitting up on this and looking in. Do you want to roll perception? Sure. Um, that is a 21. Wow. As you come into this enormous place, you throw your legs over this ledge. It's not necessarily a window. There's an enormous entry chamber, and you quickly realize, to your surprise, that there is light here. Just like Callista described, torches line the walls, and two statues act as enormous braziers, or braziers, I guess, in the middle of this place. Braziers, in the middle of this place. There is ash and coal all over the ground. The walls are pitch black, and the light makes them appear duller than that pitch black. This room's back is a long arch that goes all the way across and two very crude doors sit at the back of it. Around these braziers, you notice three weird little mounds of coal, but uh, other than that, you don't notice much. Okay, I hop in. Um, Patches, is it I, okay? I lean over the little wall sort of in and say, water's fine. All right, uh, I'll lift everyone on my shoulders because that's what I'm good for now. And will you throw a rope over to help me climb up? I don't have rope. I left it on the waterfall. Yeah, um, you guys have 25 oh, foot did. of rope total. Well, which is enough to get is, you up. It's enough. Yeah. I hope. I wish we had it's a 10 foot ladder. It's also five feet up. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we have a 10 foot ladder? Even our one maybe jump that high. Okay, I I think I hoist everybody. How far is it down after the? It's it's five feet on each side. Oh, where's uh, Buffalo? Buffalo, can he jump through the thing? You can try to get him too. Buffalo, jump through the thing. Oh, uh, he might be too big. We might no, have it's, to open it's, the I mean, it's not like like oh, Patches is not having a yeah. It's like oh, a ledge okay. inside. These are not. These are very crude. Sorry, yeah. when I said windows, they're not like carved out. It's like holes in the side of this thing. Okay, just all the way up at like. It's like porous, this thing. Yeah, Buffalo's able to make it over pretty easily. Yeah, actually. Can do, like, we can all do Whoa. it. Let's do it. Let's go in. Yeah. You all jump in here, and you see those braziers just burning, these two crudely made doors. But these doors are really big, and they're on this back arcing wall. As you all come in here, and you're expecting the room, the coal that you notice near those braziers begins to move and crumble. Then it lights. And as it lights, it opens its mouth. And as it does, its eyes light up and it begins sprinting toward all of you. Two similar forms follow directly behind it. Everybody's gonna roll for initiative. <laughs> Patches. Oh, um, nine. Arwell. 16. 16, Callista. Five. Five, guy. 21. Wow, Adelaide. Four. Four. <laughs> These things are very 
canine-like. They have maws open, there's fire burning. They have dogs' faces and maws. Though their faces don't connect with the neck, it's like they're these big, burly, built things just made out of coal and ash and fire. So, Guy, you are up. So, okay. Are, do, seemingly, are all of these creatures the same? They look like the same species, at least. Are any of them bigger than any of the other ones? Not really. Minimally, okay. yeah. Okay. I would like to have Buffalo charge. Does he have to have... Um, at least 20 feet between him and the thing he's charging oh, he's at. Gonna have, okay, So cool. four spaces. I'll just let him roll up. Could he run along the side of the wall without, just taking, dashing? without taking a, a, an attack mm -hmm. of opportunity and run back and uh, go if, mm, He doesn't have that much speed. His speed is... 30 or 40? 40. Yeah, 40. he doesn't have enough speed to... Okay. Well, I'm just going to come up and, and tell him to gore this guy. So the buffalo is going to run up to the, um, the, the hell beast on the right of us, and he is going to attempt to gore them. Sweet. So he's going to Al Gore them. Uh, 16. <laughs> 16 hits. Change. And that is um, 1d6 plus 5. Ah. Oh, 6 it is. 6 it is. Okay, nicely done. I'm going to say face the breath of the buffalo demon bitches. Arl's up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to move a little bit behind uh, Guy, um, and I'm going to cast Mage Armor on myself. Plus 2 to AC? Um, no, it makes it 13 plus my deck, so now my AC is 16. Okay, yeah, so Arwell walks up behind Guy, and as you do, you trace a line really quickly around your body with both of your middle fingers, and then you hold it in front of you, and it just breaks out almost like ice. And you all can see this light blue shimmer that's just... Uh, we decided your magic was blue, right? Yeah. Okay, this light blue natural shimmer over Arwell, and it's just... You can only see it when the fire is dancing just off of it, but it just looks like a little light okay. blue line around it. Silvery blue. And then the same beast that was beside Buffalo is actually going to attack him. And it opens its maw up. And as it does, it sounds like a bark and a growl patches your own deck after this, by the way. It sounds like a bark and a growler mix, and this howl just comes out. And as it opens its mouth in a cone, it just shoots this fire over Buffalo as its mouth just rips open. And you can see this fire is coming from it. It is going to completely cover Arwol and Guy as well, but you guys don't feel the effects of this whatsoever. Oh, that's nice. nice. That's so as this fire is over you, you guys, you just naturally react. You put your hands in front of yourselves and you duck and try to get behind your clothing. But then even as this fire is over and you open your eyes and it's billowing all around you, you realize that it's not touching you. You don't even feel the heat from it as this fire is just wrapped all around you. That is totally Trantor. However, Buffalo oh. does not have bracers on. Buffy! And he does not make the dexterity saving throw. So <gasps> Buffalo is going to take... Run and hide, Buff. Buffalo takes 16 fire damage as this fire just wraps all around him. Well, he ain't dead. But it's and you can, as crispy as mine. Yeah, he's like... Yeah, you can see this strange beast as its mouth just opens in front of Buffalo and billows out. It's like, a, its mouth is like a blacksmith's furnace as it opens this thing. And you can just see it, like, its gullet, its throat, its chest are glowing as well. And its maw is just angry. And you guys can see it's snarling and it's showing its teeth to all of you. Patches... There is a hellhound right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Standing there in front of me. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stab it. Okay. I'm gonna stab it in the head with 
two daggers. First is uh, with my plus one dagger. So, so that's uh, 23. Hey, that's a hit. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Five damage on that one. Hell yeah. And then I'm going to try to stab it with my other dagger. Okay. A 15. That is. That's a lot of dagger damage. And I can't add anything to this, right? So right. that's a three. Okay. And then three more. Nice. So Patches comes up, and you're just able to rake your dagger. As this thing's running, Patches, you're the first one in the room. And even as your teammates are coming in and you see Buffalo charging up beside you, this fire is starting to build in this hellhound's mouth as it billows out over your friends. And as this one runs by, you're just able to run up and rake your dagger across it and then get another one. And though the other one doesn't hit quite as hard, you're still able to get two really nice gashes into this thing. And when those daggers run across it, you see these embers come at it like you're running it across a hot log. Um, and then I'll take an attack of opportunity, but I'm going to hide, like behind the far brazier. You're going to take two attacks of opportunity to get two over Two attacks of opportunity, fuck You it. going for it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is a hit. The second one is not. Okay. So as you're running that first hellhound, because you're slicing across it, you go to run, and it just bites toward your side. The second one comes in at you, but you're able to push away from it. And as it bites down, you are going to take... 10 piercing damage. What? And five fire damage. What the fuck? So no 15 damage. damage. Oh, no fire damage. Thank you. Yeah, you don't take any fire. You only take 10 piercing damage. And you feel like that. You can see the heat and those flames curling around that burn or that bite at your side, but you don't feel them as they enter it. Thank you. Okay, shit. They bite hard. The first one that Patches was able to rake his daggers across runs right up to Guy, who is behind Buffalo in between Arwell, and it is going to... It runs up to bite you, and with those two wounds, it has its mouth open, and Guy, you were just able to sidestep it, and as you do, it trips, and its head just hits this ground really hard. Like, you can hear... You know when someone's head hits, and you can hear that hollow noise, and you're like, oh, God. That's what happens to this hellhound, and it is... Absolutely prone for the next round. Callista, sorry, uh, you were up. I would like to run my full speed this way, off to the left, just to get some distance, and I want to throw my dagger back at... There is a second hellhound that still has not acted or been attacked, uh-huh. and you're trying to get to the far side of it and attack. It. Yeah, I wanted to just get around and get some distance, and I'm going to throw a dagger sure. at it. <laughs> So mm-hmm. I have the, the dagger is plus five, and then is my dex on top of that? No. It's just your dex. Okay. Yeah. A thrown weapon is a funny thing. Gotcha. Unless you have, unless, yeah, unless your class, like, there are two classes that let you take proficiency with just, like, Throw throwing things. Gotcha. Right? Okay. That's the first line of my new poem. Thrown weapon is a funny thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a nine. A nine is not hit. I didn't think so. Yeah. You throw this dagger and quickly this hellhound is able to... is able to (laughs) react to you really quickly and just get on its haunches. Adelaide, you were up if Callista is done. I look at Arwol and see him armoring up. And I look around at everything that's happening... (gasps) And I no, I see I see you armoring up and see this blue sheen come over you, and so I wave my hand and the purple sheen comes over me, and I cast Armor of Agathis. Now that I'm a you know higher level warlock, every spell I cast is cast at level two, so I have ten 
temporary HP, and if anything hits me, it takes 10 cold damage. Okay. So Adelaide does wave her hand over her, and then you hold both of your hands fully extended in front of you, and as you do, it seems like ice is cracking from both of your palms, and then those weird lines wrap down your hands, and you all see this purple sheen come over Adelaide, and you can hear that ice cracking like a pond coming apart as someone walks on it. Anything else, Adelaide? I would like to... Keep in mind how long um, these things last, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, mine's eight minute. hours. <laughs> it's going to be up for a while. Eight hours, one no, minute? No, one hour. Yeah. One hour. One yeah. hour. Um, I'm going to back away from this nicely placed cone in the corner and just put some distance between my friends. The final hellhound is coming up. As this comes up, Calissa threw a dagger at it, but it does run up to here, and as it does, it runs between Guy and Buffalo. It is going to get an attack of opportunity for the both of you. For me? 18. 18 hits? It's going to hit. Okay. 19. So, 18 and 19 definitely hit. Uh, D4. Yeah, okay. D4. Four. You're basically punching it. Three. Plus your strength, which is one. So four from you as you just like literally like punch this thing in the face as it's running by you. And then same for Buffalo? No, Buffalo gets his gore attack. Nice, 10. Wow, so four and a 10 foot, so 14 damage total as this thing is running by you. And as it runs between you, yeah, Buffalo, like, you punch it and it goes a step back and you don't even hit it as damage. You're hitting it to get it, like, to try and jump away from you as it comes around. And then Buffalo just rams its horns into it, like, ready behind you. You guys, yeah, you guys just know, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Like, kicks it back. Oh, Buffalo is turned around. Yeah, Yeah. Buffalo kicks it back, like, knowing what you're doing looking back. You guys are on a, like, you and Buffalo love each other. You're on a very similar wavelength. And then this thing gets around you, and as it does, it just lashes out at you. And now that it is flanking you, there are two hellhounds on each side of you. So it is going to roll advantage against you. It definitely hits. And as this thing hits The one's prone. Really good point. Uh, Yeah, it would just be regular, which um, would still hit you. Sorry. That is nine piercing damage. And then this fire just, you guys see this mouth latch into Guy's side. Mm. And guys, you're able to get your hands on its mouth to keep it from completely piercing, but then this fire burns out from it. But you do not feel the lick of those flames as they are like pouring out of this thing's mouth. Guy, you are up. Sorry, thank you. my bonus or free actions, I yell at Patches. Pretty sure you can intimidate or command these things via infernal. And then I pull my hand axe out and scoot my ass over here. Was he? He's going to take an attack of opportunity from the one you were beside. I the one that's prone will not get an attack of opportunity, but uh, the one that is still up will. If I leap like a freak onto the back of the buffalo, I'm going to take attack of opportunity, yes. and then he's going to take an attack of opportunity if we try to move. Uh, the one correct. The yeah. I'm just going to throw my hand axe into this guy's face. The one who's uh, basically just ate shit right in front of yeah. you, you'll get advantage on that one. 15 plus four. That's a hit, 17's a hit, definitely a hit. And that. But you get advantage, right? Oh yeah, yeah. roll one more time, just in case. It is a nat one. So we get Sorry, additional tears. Like I said, I lost all my shit. Hey, that's a four. <laughs> I'm just gonna go for the attack of opportunity. Okay. And Leap Leave like a freak one. over this guy. Okay, you're trying to get to the other side of the Hellhound so that you don't have two on either side of you. One does get an attack of opportunity. That is absolutely going to hit you, guy. That is... 
seven piercing damage as this hellhound is coming at you quickly. Once again, the fire of its teeth and the heat does not burn and sear your skin. While he's doing that, can I say, um, get Buffalo out of there? Yeah, I mean, uh, talking is a free action. Yeah, you guys can always like, talk and like Get Buffalo out of there. Yeah. I'll command him in a minute. Guy, you've moved to the other side of the room with Callista and Patches. Arwul is up and yelling, maybe you should get Buffalo out of there. And Guy's like, I got it. Um, then I'm going to move um, left around the prone. Yeah. The one that's, um, his yeah. bottom jaw is kind of scraping against the ground. Yeah, ex- and I'm going to put my metal glove on his stomach. And I'm going nice. to, um, <laughs> uh, Good little you're going to scratch it. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm going to do shocking grasp mm-hmm. uh, with advantage. So 23 for the mm-hmm. first hit. And then yeah, 18. Yeah, so 23 is definitely a hit. Yeah. Uh, five damage. Okay. Got and it. since it was a success, um, he's already prone, but he doesn't get attacks of, he doesn't get nice. attacks of opportunity right. for no the, until his yeah. next turn. No reactions. Um, and I'm going to finish my movement by keep running around the corner kind of toward Callista and Guy and everyone. Everyone's so. settling themselves on one side of the room while Buffalo remains in between all three of these hellhounds. So I'm kind of front and center in front of everything. The hellhound that is directly in front of Buffalo that already attacked him lashes out one more time at Buffalo and absolutely hits him with his teeth just bared and does... Five piercing damage, and then an additional five fire damage, so ten damage to Buffalo. That's just enough to knock him out. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys see this hellhound latch into Buffalo. Its teeth gouge into its side. You hear him cry like, and then just fall Mm -hmm. over as this fire wraps around this wound. Patches, you are up. I'm going to yell in Infernal. Heal! Roll Roll a persuasion on that. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm proficient in persuasion. That's an 11. All three of these hellhounds, they do have ears, much like dogs. They all three perk up, as you say, infernal heal. And even though Guy didn't roll for it and was 100% in metagaming, I'll give it to you. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> which is total shit, by the way. This one goes to stand up, and it doesn't. It stays on the ground, though the other two still seem ready to attack all of you. So I'm going to, and then I'm going to sneak attack the one on the far, the one that on the end farthest away from me because I'm hidden behind one of the braziers. Okay. It's a 12. Oh, with, this, with, with my short bow, by the way. Yeah, 12 doesn't hit. Cool. I shot an arrow into the wall. <laughs> the hellhound that came over and attempted to flank Guy is going to run up to Adelaide as quickly as it can. Its teeth are bared and glowing, and that is a an 11, which does not hit you, especially with armor of Agathis. Mm-hmm. So this thing goes to hit you, and you're really quickly able to jump out of the way of this thing's maw. You can feel there's flames warming around you. And Does it take cold damage? No, no, no it, it has to make contact with her. Callista, you were on deck? I can't really do anything from a distance. And I'm way back here. Um, I'll, I'll do some dissonant whispers. Okay. Um, on the one that's going after Adelaide. But yeah, so um, it, the one near Adelaide needs to make a wisdom saving throw. Mm-hmm. As I would dissonantly whisper to it. That's a 19. That's going to succeed. Mm-hmm. So Still yeah. takes half, right? Yeah. yeah. So half of 3d6 is... It could be 9 damage. Good. <laughs> so 
So I rolled 10, so half that's five. Wow, nicely done. Yeah, you, you hear this thing howl out as you guys hear these really strange whispers come across. And before we're, uh, Callista, unless you want to do something specific. So just, I'm saying bad doggy. Oh, you say bad dog. <laughs> and you hear these whispers come out of her mouth. And then this thing just yelps out. Oh, you do speak Infernal. Awesome. Yeah. This thing yelps out and howls. And you just see its head kind of writhe in pain really quickly as that's happening. And I will do some bardic inspiration for Miss Adelaide since she's in the thick of over there. Speaking of Adelaide, you're up. Okay. Um, I see all of these doggies, and I would like to make them go to sleep. Okay. So I'm going to cast sleep. Since I can only cast at second level, I get seven D8s, and that's their total hit points. And if it goes in descending order. Tell me the numbers on them. Okay. Two. Yep. Five. Yep. Seven. Eight. Six, eight, five, four. So that's 45 total. So I might put some of them to sleep. Whoa. You, two of these, as they're running at you, the... Tabletop loop? Yeah. The ones that are running at you, the one that is biting at you, as it's biting, it howls out as Callista is saying something to it that you don't understand, this weird hissing language that kind of creeps into your body, and then it just... Passes out onto the ground in front of you. Good night. Let's the you second one that still would not get up, it seems to still be prone, especially after Patch has told it to heal, which you also didn't understand. It sounded like the same language Callista screamed out. You see it go to stand up, and then really slowly it just like curls up into a little ball like a dog does. Good night. It puts its head between its legs and falls asleep. Cute. The one that is attacking Buffalo is the only hellhound that is still awake. Um, I'm going to ask my bonus action shout don't hit the ones that are asleep until the one that's awake is dead. The second hellhound is asleep, so guy, you are on deck, is snoozing. Well, then I will just lose a bolt right into, I'll just shoot an arrow into this fucker. Okay, the only one that's still awake attacking buffalo. Come on, nat 20. Oh, no. But that's still plus eight, so it's 16. 16. That's a hit. Uh, And that is one D8 plus four. Are you three? Three, three plus three. Five. Five, okay. I will run. Just to get a little closer to Buffalo, so I can maybe heal him. So you're starting to make your way across the room toward Buffalo. Arwell, you are up. The creature that is still awake in front of Buffalo, he is, what, 15 or 20 feet in front of me? Yeah, about 20. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to do Witch Bolt on him. Okay. Um, Basic bitch bolt. Basic bitch bolt. It's just a fucking pumpkin spice latte. That just lodges <laughs> it. The, the, the green too hot. It's a pumpkin spice 18. latte stuck in there. 18 hits? One damage. Ugh. Uh, so, hey, will you do come up and trying to protect Buffalo, your friend. You guys are seeing him go down for the second time in the second battle you've ever seen him in. Uh, he's had it rough, but Arwell does manage to just like stick this bolt. It's just like a crossbow bolt right into this thing. And you can see this blue energy connecting to that blue energy that's already sheening around you. It's like an extension of it as you're reaching out toward this bolt. Though the initial contact doesn't do too much damage, you're still able to lodge it into this beast. And as it lodges into it, you hear a really low, strange growl. It's not like a dog or a wolf's growl. It kind of it seeps into your skin and you're really able to feel it. And as you do, you see this thing raise its head and look over toward you. Um, as my bonus action, can I try to imitate what Patches said to him? 
You can try. <laughs> like um, roll. You don't speak Infernal. Uh-uh. Roll performance with disadvantage to see okay. if you can say in Infernal like what Patch has said. Oh. 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 <laughs> an eight and a net 20. Oh. Um, so an eight with, uh, so a nine. Yeah, yeah. with a nine, it just doesn't, well, 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 well. <laughs> Whale. 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 Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, it, with an eight, you're, you're like, you see this thing look at you and start running and you're trying to say what Pat just said, but you're just a little frantic with this thing running, right? It's and like it, a weird cat noise. It runs straight up to you and its jaws are open as it bounds at you and as its jaws open just in front of you, uh, that's a 12, which I don't think hits you. Not 16. Yeah, so you're really, you, even though you're freaking out a little bit with this thing coming at you, you're able to sidestep it as it, <laughs> as it lands just beside you. Patches, you are up. Calista, you'll be on deck soon. I am going to say, no, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to shoot this motherfucker with my short bow mm-hmm. uh, because I'm still behind Brazier and uh, Arwell is in, within five feet, so I'm going to sneak attack. God damn it. Speaking of though, can't you roll advantage? No. Oh. It's, uh, that was a nat one. Damn. That's rough. You just pull this short bow out, and as you do, you your arrow just kind of, like, you don't get it knocked all the way like you want to. Next, uh, next round, you are only going to be able to take one action of any kind. Okay. So uh, you can choose movement, standard, or bonus, but you can only take one of each kind next round. But you don't like shoot your friends or anything, so that's nice. And then bonus action, I'm gonna hide. I'm gonna hide again. <laughs> You're like, oop. And I hide really well. Okay. That's a, a 25. They don't roll for no. sleepies, right? Yeah, I rolls really um, well. It's for one minute mm-hmm. until they're uh, hit awake. Or let me double check that. They take damage. Someone using an action to wake, shake, or slap them awake. Okay, yeah, they're sleepy. Uh, Calista, you up. Adelaide's on deck. Okay. I'm going to. Nobody's hurt, right? Buffalo's fucked up. Yeah, Buffalo's hurt. I ain't doing too terribly hot. I'm feeling great. All right, I'm saving something for Buffalo. I got plus 10. I can't get to him right now. So I'm going to um, run into the fray with this one and stab it with my sword. Yeah. Okay. My short sword. Demon stabber. Because I'm mad at it because it bit Buffalo. Nice. 20. You're beside Arwell as this strange beast is biting out at him. You run up with your short sword brandished and you are able to get a slash across this beast. Mm-hmm. Four whole points of damage. Calista does come up and you're able to get this short sword just right in between the joints of this thing's shoulders. It bites out Arwell and misses. Calista comes up right beside you as this thing bites. You can see those embers flying out of its mouth like when you hit a fire with a stick. All those embers are coming up out of it and then Calista just really quickly beside you like a flash just dives her short sword into I'll this thing. I'll stop my weird infernal hiss and so this guy's still alive. Yes. <laughs> so in front of me, there is a hellhound asleep, like slumped over in a really awkward yeah, position in front of you. There's two hellhounds asleep right near me. Right. But I'm not really. What worried is literally about them. beside you? You can feel the heat of its breath. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not really worried about them right now. Sure. Because I, I I know how my spell works. I know this how this power works. So I'm gonna focus on the one awake. That is right in front of my friends. That is looking not so great, right? Mm-hmm. Not so Still great. Still has the it has a sword in it. In it. Yeah, it's a witch ball and a sword. It's like <laughs> so he's not looking so great. So I am going to use my eldritch blast to point out at him and attack. And I'm going to be inspired by my beautiful friend Callista running into this fight. Brandon, our neck. 
She's, she's like covered it heartfully. She, she's, she's my scar sister <laughs> now. Yeah, you guys are all scar sisters. We're all scar sisters. Hey, scar sister. <laughs> Is that the rough 16. stuff? 16. That hits. Oh, yeah. Oh Sweet. So, gonna use my token of the Fae to change it to lightning damage. Okay. <laughs> Feeling my friend Arwell over here. In and so it's 1d10. Seven lightning damage. How do you kill this thing? Woo! <laughs> so this thing is attacking my friends, and I'm so inspired by my beautiful friend what running in, and it's near everything. There's this little hellhound snoozing next to me, and I'm like, man, I'm doing all right. <laughs> and I feel the brand on the back of my neck, and I know everyone else has a brand similar to mine here. I'm like, this thing needs to die, and I just reach out with my amethyst finger, and this lightning just crackles out of it, and it just like racks its body in pain, and it just, its heart stops. Yeah, you guys hear this as this lightning cracks out from Adelaide's newly adorned yet familiar finger. You guys hear this hellhound howl out, and as it does it just, Ooh. and then it just cuts off and its body hits the ground. Does it turn back to coal? Uh, it does turn to coal as those embers die down inside of its body. It just looks like a pile of coal that's like molded in the shape of a dog just sitting on the ground in front of you. You see those embers die away in its throat. Goodbye. You guys are, for now, we'll keep the same initiatives out of combat because those other two hellhounds are sleepy time. They're asleep, but they'll wake up once you hit them, I say to the group. For... How long? One minute. Um, we Not should even probably really. stab yeah, them yeah. with something before they get up. I'm gonna, um, as it's still asleep, we, back away. Yeah, I will definitely suggest, should we all stand around them and then just stab them all at once? I'm game. With okay. advantage. Yeah. yeah, let's all stand around one and then move to the other. Okay, I'm going. Stand around one and just try to coup de gras and yeah. then all, all be against one more. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I like that. Guys, teamwork. This is pretty fun. Coming together. Coming together with my as a team. Bow and hit it for max damage, or should I go in with the just axe? Let's all just Let's coup de gras. I'm down. So all of you, while this one single hellhound is asleep, <laughs> you all walk over a puppet. I've got my quarter staff out. Who wants to count it down? Um, I will. Okay, Arwell, count her down. Right. Everyone rolls advantage on this thing as soon as Arwell counts it down. All right, on one. <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> 17. 17? 18. 18? Oh. Uh, 19. 19? 22. Uh-huh. 21. Wow, that's Oh, amazing. my <laughs> God. I am summoning a dagger to stab this thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. You guys all just... Four. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, so let's get these all together. Six. Six? Five. Five? Four. Seven. Twenty-two? Six. Six. Eight. Do you guys all want a flavor? Do you guys want to come to a conclusion on how <laughs> you murder this dog? <laughs> We're all just stabbing it. Yeah, you guys are all on your Short knees. sword in two hands. I'm just like, we, yeah. I'm I want to be like the last we one to hit. Anger. Somehow when it turns to like charcoal, I want to like crush its head into dust. Yeah, with so my nice. this, thing, this thing actually, you guys kill it so quickly, it never wakes up. Aww. It just like slips into a slumber alone. Like and then as you see its fire die away, you are... Adelaide, Adelaide sees his fire die away, and she goes, "Oh!" And then Arwell just coo de gras it, and it turns to ash and coal in front of and all I go, of you. And I go, "Go sleepy weepies, go sleepy weepies." And then, yeah, and then, yeah, and then, yeah, and then next. Awesome. 
Next. Uh, well, hang on. With yeah. all this Wait, noise and the howl of this dog, have you guys seen this Patrick? one is going to wake oh, up. Yeah. This one does wake back up. You all just coup de grace the <laughs> shit out of its friend right behind it. And that thing just turned to ash, but this thing is back up. So, Guy, you're up. Guy, in a moment of fury, turns around and looks at him because he's so, like, pissed off about them hurting the buffalo, and he's just, like, bloodthirsty after killing that guy. He just looks at the other dog and goes, Darn Fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to. So he's like right behind me, right? Right behind mm-hmm. you. Well, I'm just going to sling my old dick around and hit him in the face with my axe. I'd, I'd be disadvantaged with my boat. So that is a 14. Doesn't hit. Mm. So, guy, you turn around and you, you're ripping your axe out of this hellhound and swinging around toward it, and it's just able to dodge out of the way really quickly as it ducks under this arc of your axe. Arwell, you are up. Wow. I would like to come around here. Sure. And I am going to um, reach out and shark and grasp it again. Sure. Ooh. It's a 14. 14 does not hit. Okay. Yeah, so Guy swings out with the axe. Arwell comes running around with his hand out, and this thing is able to duck under the arc of Guy's axe and then jump back really quickly as Arwell's <laughs> hand is coming in. And I'll put both my hands up like, listen to me. And then as you come up, this thing does lash out at Guy. And as it lashes out at Guy, it very awkwardly, like this axe goes above it, it ducks under it. Arwell's reaching for it, it jumps, and then it goes to lash out at Guy. And it goes to bite out. And you guys know how when you smile too hard and turn your neck too fast, you pinch a nerve in your neck? Yeah. That seems to happen to this hellhound as it goes to bite <laughs> at Guy. It's just like, and its neck like stiffens up nat really one. quickly. Yeah, that one. No, this is a different one. Oh, why is the nat one is in a blood puddle. Oh, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this one just like snaps out and his body spazzes for just a second, but it's not quite able to connect with Guy as it is biting up. Patches, you are up. I'm going to try to cut off its tail. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I'm attacking it with my dagger, but I'm specifically just trying to fuck with, with it. And the cut off its with the three of you around it, you will now have advantage. You and Arwol are flanking it technically, but with three people around it, you're kind of flanking anyway. Sweet. Al yeah. flanking. Ooh. Al Roker. Ooh. <laughs> is um, it good or bad? I don't know. It's a 15, which I believe is its AC. Hey, <laughs> you figured it out. It does hit, and it is its AC. <laughs> um, so I'm like going, I'm just trying to, you know, go for its tail. Just cut off its tail. Six damage. Six is quite a bit, but not enough to get its tail. As you're trying to bring your dagger down into it, then. yeah, it's being real awkward as it's jumping around and its neck seems to spaz a little bit, and you go to cut its tail off, but it's moving so much that you're just able to slash its backside. Um, yes, it and then is. bonus Thank action, you. I'm going to stab it again. Mm. Do I still have advantage on a second? Yeah. Okay. Fuck. I don't hit it. Yeah, oh, and, fuck. and then you come in with that other dagger, and you guys like this thing is fast. I mean, really, it is. As it's just moving around quickly, it stands as tall as you. Arwell, by the way, for what that's worth, this thing is like a bull in front of you, with its mouth just breathing these embers out at you. That one's dead. Callista's up. I want to join in the fun. I'm gonna run over there and stab it too. <laughs> Do I have an advantage for flanking, or is that a special? For sure. For sure. You yeah. Have okay. Advantage. I didn't know if like bards got that. <laughs> Make them damages be real. I'm pleased. Please. It's about ten. Uh, four. <laughs> plus four. Plus, no, plus, plus max. Plus four. So plus ten. Max. Okay. Plus your bonus. Plus my bonus, which is another three. So thirteen, 13. damage total. Uh, Callista, you were able to just run up, and as you do, you see Patches trying to cut this thing's tail off, and you catch that really quickly, and even though it's on its side as it's turning, you s- it's a short sword? 
Uh-huh. You're able to sink this short sword into its leg and pull it up. It this thing isn't quite dead, but it like there are embers burning out of it. You can see them floating up into the sky. It's actually pretty beautiful to see these things die, as morbid and strange as that sounds, but these embers are just floating up and out of its legs and mouth and where you guys have been scratching it. Its comrades, one is a pile of ash, the other is slowly burning away as it sits just on each side of you. Adelaide, you're up. Adelaide's kind of living for this carnage. <laughs> so she walks around. This is the first fight you guys have kind of come out on top of. <laughs> she walks Long around time. her friends. Adelaide specifically. Yeah. <laughs> Adelaide's not unconscious. She's like, this is what it's Adelaide like. Adelaide has plus 10 HP. Her armor of Agathis is still up. She helped two of these fall asleep, and then, you know, she's just feeling good about herself. She finally hit some shit, did some shit. So she's walking casually around her friends and around this carnage, just smiling to herself. She walks up to her her poor friend, Sleepy Buffalo, and stands in front of him. And in front of him, at the last living creature, casts Eldritch Blast. Adelaide stands in front of Buffalo, sort of defensively mom status. Buffalo is 100% unconscious, and Adelaide's casting that Eldritch Blast one more time. And I have advantage. Because it's yeah. being flanked by a million people. Yeah, you were all Literally this everyone. <laughs> it made a huge mistake. 19. That <laughs> hits. Nine damage. How do you kill the last hellhound, Adelaide? <laughs> As all of your friends are just like wailing on this thing. Let this, me just, this, just, for what it's worth, this all happens very quickly. Yeah. Let me just describe this because. This is such an Adelaide moment of loving it. So she puts these hellhounds to sleep, two of them. She's like, just take on the one last guy. We all team up on the guy that's still alive, and then we all coup de gras this one, and then there's this one standing, and we all team up again, and she's just looking with this big grin on her face at everyone coming together in this fight. Like, See, guys, this is why we shouldn't fight. <laughs> Each other. This is why we shouldn't fight each other as a group. We should just be friends and kill some shit. And so she's walking. She's just, like, looking at all of these dead, burning, beautiful corpses and steps around her friend and casts Eldritch Blast. She just casually raises her hand. And this force comes out and, like, just blasts this bit's this last hellhound to bits of coal. Yeah, it just, it, it just like, Adelaide's on the other side of all four of you, so she just blasts this thing with Eldritch Blast as you guys are all just sinking your blades into it, and it does just like a cloud of ash just like over all of you as this last hellhound dies. You all are out of combat. Buffalo is unconscious. She's sitting in this room. These braziers still crackling behind you and lighting these dull walls. There are two crudely made doors on the other side of the room. What would you all like to do? I say to the group, Man, you gotta come together, just like Bukaki. And I say to the group, in hindsight, trying to cut his tail off is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> I cast Cure Wounds on Buffalo, and I got I rolled max, so it's eight one d eight plus uh, spell modifier, which Three. Is, which is dead. thirteen. So so Buffalo's up to thirteen. Eight nine ten eleven. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. It's 11. So Buffalo really lazily just like stands up, like blood soaked on another side, hair singed off the side of Buffalo. Buffalo's only been in two battles, but Buffalo's looking pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> As Buffalo Take stands up. He's going to look like a, a testicle with hooves. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two statues. Braze, they're brazed ears, the basically. Cool. Yeah. They're not um, really... Yeah. There's nothing really special right. about them. Yeah, okay. it's just a giant flame. Cool. I would like to uh, investigate uh, both of the doors. Sure. Do you want me to do two separate ones for each one? or? Yeah. Okay. One on the right, one on the left. I didn't buy a single healing potion. Before. Nice. Nat 20 on the left. Daddy Holy shit. Some healing. And... Guy. Uh, oh, 
not as great on the next. Um, a 10 on the right. On the left, you're able to roll in at 20, and you think you can hear breathing behind it, just slowly and steadily, just... On the right, you don't hear anything, however, except for like the occasional creak of this entire building as it moves and bustles just a little bit. Cause this thing isn't a structure built. It seems to be naturally formed. Um, my nat 20 investigation, uh, would I be able to tell if it's like an easily open door or? This door seems like it would be, it, it's definitely locked. Okay. And you know that the other door is made the exact same way. Okay. But the one on the left is definitely locked. But you think that the way that it is set and the way that it's made, it would be harder to force it open than it would be to finesse it open. Um, can I try to pick the lock? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, totally. And I let everyone know there's someone breathing behind it. Sha -la 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 -la. Go on and pick nice. the lock. 21. Holy shit. Patches walks up and is like, I got this. <laughs> and really quickly, the lock is incredibly crude. It's not like a lock you can buy at the market or anything like that. It's like someone made it. There's like maybe one pin in this thing. And Patches goes up and you're ready to, and you hear that first click when you're trying to understand this lock. Because when you get into a lock, you have to understand where its pins are. And as soon as you understand where the pin is, it unlocks and you're like, oh. <laughs> and this door is really easily able to swing open. The room before you only has one torch in it. It burns low though and it barely sheds any light in this barren place. There seems to be cleaning materials lying all around here. Though they are covered in black soot and seem to be rendered useless by that Jim, soot. Here's closet. A small figure is seen lying on the other side of the room on a tiny, poorly made cot against the far wall on the floor. Its breathing is rhythmic and slow. Do I see that if it's a woman? You can tell that it's a humanoid figure. Can I perceive? <laughs> 22. Yeah, the 22, it does seem to be uh, a female, like a humanoid woman, at least. I want to, like, uh, reach around right around his, like, knees and be like, hello. <laughs> yeah, and it startles this figure, this slender figure, awake, and as she turns over to you, she is startled and backs up against the wall. She's very obviously a drow female as she's sitting up against this wall. Her clothes are torn, and she is covered in soot. She has pointed ears, which give away immediately that she is some kind of elf. Her clothes are simple and damaged to the point of being embarrassingly revealing, and as soon as she notices someone's in the room, you can see her trying to pick those scraps up over her and cover her body. As you can see, most of it exposed in in front of all of you, and she's not saying a word. She's just kind of backed up against the wall. Uh, Kravik sent us. As soon as you say this, she, her hands kind of go limp in front of her, and she's just looking out to all of you, and she lets go of those articles of clothing that are ripped, and though her breasts and stomach and genitals are all just revealed to you all in this really strange moment of, I wouldn't say intimacy, but just, like, it's really hard to kind of tell exactly what's going on. A single tear rolls down her cheek and you can see it wipe that soot off and she's obviously not the drow female you immediately took her for. You can see soft, tan skin underneath the soot on her face as this tear wipes it away. Her hands, as they fall to her side, you can see her chipped and broken nails and the dried blood under them that like hint at hard labor. But she doesn't say anything to all of you. You can just see that single tear fall down her cheek as she 
starts to kind of breathe in the middle of this room. Um, is just uh, yeah. inside the doorway and uh, yeah. digging through her pack. Yeah, I was going to ask for clothes. Yeah. Yeah, Two okay. of my costumes in my kit, which aren't all revealing. It's just like a skirt <laughs> Simple and a top. Just, but it, I mean, it's and, like really um, nice. I just want to, like, they're folded, and so I just bring them out of this bundle and untie them and bring them to her. Yeah, and as soon as you bring her the clothes, she wipes that tear, and you can see the soot on her face kind of get wiped to the side of that. Okay. And she is once again realized that she's naked and exposed to all of you. So I just want to open up the shirt, yeah. and I'm just going to... And then close the door so all the guys can't basically see Basically put it over her head. Yeah, and I'm going to say you're safe with us, and I'm going to take out my wand and take off all of the dirt. Yeah. Woo, I like that. So as you take this wand out, you remove all of this soot from this woman sitting in front of you. You can see that her hair is brilliant silver and her eyes are bright green. And like the water in her eyes where she began to cry and is stifling those tears back, you just see how crystal clear her eyes are and how intelligent she is as she looks out to all of you. Her skin is bronzed. It's not like a weathered tan. It's a beautiful bronze tan on her skin. Her pointed ears go far past that. She reaches out for the shirt. She doesn't put it on. She just covers herself with it so that you all can't see past it. And she is a beautiful elven woman who looks completely out of place, to say the least here. But that soot falls to the floor, and the only soot that remains on her is where she is making contact with it. And even the soot and dried blood under her cracked nails is removed as you cast Prestidigitation on her. Take your time, get dressed, and then I leave. Yeah, we all leave the room. And I'm just going to tell her, I I know this is probably not what you're used to wearing, either in this life or the better parts of your life, but it's yours. Please make yourself comfortable. Thank you very much. I appreciate this. Um, are, is Calissa the only one in the room with her at this point? Yes. I think we are. Okay. Did you stay in there? No, I stayed. You, you said Kravik sent you. Yes. I've been here for so long. I've forgotten who I am or how to get out. I've all but given up on things. But uh, if you can get me out of here and back to where I think you're from, I can promise I'll make it worth your while. We haven't been here long. But we're trying to find our way back, too. And if we find it, we'll take you with us. This place is horrid. Why do they do this to people? I don't understand. I don't know. I think they're all assholes. And she is getting dressed. She takes off those clothes, even though Arwell was able to clean them. She takes them off and throws them to the side. They're these just like peasant clothing, dirty and ripped, and she just throws them to the side and she puts those clothes on. I have a tendency towards blue and gold things in general to match my coloring. It's a little fitted, (laughs) like probably more fitted than you'd want just for wearing out because it was for the stage, but it's not revealing. Right. Her slender elf body, she stands up very tall, even taller than Callista. I think you may be one of the tallest in the group. She stands taller than you. Her pointed ears are very delicate and intricate and unlike Adelaide's and Patches, they don't end at a little point. They go far back into these very delicate points above her head. Her hair falls around it. She is wearing this outfit. She looks... It's only been a minute or so, but completely different. And the way that she carries herself is still kind of soft, but uh, she's she just says, we should get out of here if we are going to get out of here. What is this place? Uh, I've no idea. Uh, some sort of giant lives at the top of it, but it, it, it's far better to clean this place for the giant than it is to live in that God's forsaken city. Okay, um, well, we're not quite sure how to get out of here yet, but we're sure as heck gonna try. Come on out and meet my friends. I'm Callista, by the way. Uh, you can call me Volna. Pleasure Volna. to meet you, Volna. So she comes out to all of you uh, and, and just says, Look, um... Now isn't the time for conversation. I think it's uh, better we leave. And you all seem strong. And, and she looks down and she seems to be looking at all of your shackles and says, 
And what are you all doing here? Hmm. Obviously not the right thing, but... We, I'd basically tell her story. We came here by accident looking for something. Didn't know we were going to end up and um, made some mistakes with the culture, shall we say. You and us all. We're looking for a heart, actually. Well, good luck with that. Everyone here seems to be heartless. A heart of a long dead dragon, actually. What kind of giant lives above? A a woman, a man, I'm unsure. She's unsavory. Hard to work for, to say the least, but easier to work for than the people back in town. At least she tells you what she wants, says what she means. Uh, She's got two pets, though. Lives at the top of this tower. What kind of pets? Some kind of lizards. That she keeps. Volna, do you know what is in this other door? Yeah, the way upstairs. Uh, three stories to this strange tower. Across the wall over the ledge. Kravik is out there if you'd like to go to him, but we need to stay here and kind of inspect the tower. We're looking for a way out, we believe. Kravik's a good soul to send you here and to me, but he's misguided. He thinks I uh, love him. Something strange. I don't understand it, but... He's indentured because of me. He only had five, ten days to serve, and he helped me escape that city. And I imagine that's why he's still there. And while I appreciate him, and he's done much for me, I have much to tend to back home. So if you can get me there, I think I'd be able to serve myself, you all, and maybe even Kravik better. You want to hang with us? Yeah, you're beautiful, and we would love for you to be our friend. Some elvish shit. (laughs) Part of the party, party. I'm definitely. Yeah, I would like to say it in elvish. I would be like, we would love for you to join us. And you do see her ears literally perk as you begin to speak elvish and something familiar. And from her other eye, a tear falls as you speak to her in elvish, and she says, a language I haven't heard in a long time. And I say in elvish, I completely understand that you could not accommodate that giant dick. Yeah. Uh, she says, uh, a crude way to put things, but the only thing I would do if I went back to the city with him is be enslaved once more. I'd be of more use to him with my family. We are Hanalia, and we have much power and much say. An elvish family with great power on the material plane. My brother is the reason I'm here. He was a debt to someone in the city, and he sold me for it. And I plan to bring his plight to life in front of our family. If you can get me back, I can promise you, you will all be well taken care of and I'll do my best to bring Kravik out of this. But here, in this plane, I'm useless. Uh, I'll say an elvish. Let's use that anger. Stay with us. I do. Nice. We're all for killing shitty men. (laughs) So let's do it. The stairs are in the next room over. Let's go. Stay behind us. We got you. Okay. You guys are just going to go to the next door? Yeah. Uh, Much like the first door, you walk back into this room, these piles of smoldering ash are in here now, three of them specifically, rising smoke up to the ceiling. The second door is locked as well, and it seems made the same way that the first one was. Patches? That is a 25. So Patches comes over to this door, and he's like, this shit is child's play. And he walks over, and he pops this lock open. You know exactly where it is, according to the first one. The walls and lighting in this room are similar to the first room you were in, where you were dealing with those hellhounds. The light is just slowly flickering on and off of them, but the bones on the floor are a sharp ivory contrast to the black rock that lines this and all the other rooms in here. There are many different bones here, some slender, like those of a giant 
fish or lizard, while others are bulky and thick like those of a giant. The only thing they have in common are the bite and char marks that line all of them. Boxes line this room, some opened and others not. The smell of rot protrudes from a few of them, and a staircase lines the back wall and curves up it. I'm gonna send Ori up. Sure. Um, and just kind of fly up, I guess, the spiral, most likely. Okay. Um, but I'm gonna have, mentally have her ready to immediately go into a pocket dimension um, if she sees okay. uh, living sure. and something. So you're rolling advantage on perception, correct? Yeah, exactly. 21. Okay, well, interesting. The granite stairs lead up the curved wall of the side of this tower. As Ori arrives at the top of them, you can see a dim, dancing glow coming from this room. An enormous door sits open and towers over her, taller than any of you. The light is warm and bright in here, unlike the other rooms where it was dim and just barely dancing from those. You can hear crackling and popping that make it evident that a fire is burning at the far end of this room. Four black pillars sit evenly in the middle of it and they rise to support the ceiling of this room. The firelight dances from the eastern side of them all and it sheds light on the eastern side of all of these pillars. Two enormous reptilian-like mounds lounge in front of the fire and they soak up its light as banners are flapping in this room from the heat of it. They seem to be sleeping. They're not, they're, yeah, they don't like turn to Ori, their bodies don't even move. They seem to be well, soaking up the warmth anyway. of this fire. I'm gonna just pocket dimension her away and then bring her back to my shoulders. Sure. Um, and then let everyone know exactly that. Two very large lizard creatures are sleeping so up there. So did they turn on their owners? Uh, possibly, maybe the giant somewhere else, or there was no other door or anything. The fire was on the eastern side of the room, on the western side of the room, there were stairs that kept leading. Yeah, we could possibly stealth past the lizards. Can Ori make a second pass and fly up the stairs? Yeah, um, I'll do the same thing. Uh, yeah, roll another perception to see if she can make it up to the other room. And she is silent, she's kind of always stealthed a bit. I've, she's an owl. Yes, I mean, she's an owl. So, like, she's like the flabby where she doesn't, like, provoke any opportunity attacks. Yeah. Neither of these um, creatures wake up as she enters. She has a stealth plus three. So it's just whatever if I need to roll that too. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're not wanting to disturb them as you fly past, because you can see the room and not bother them. But if okay. you're gonna try to fly past okay. them and well, up the stairs, I'll roll the two. So the first one was a nineteen. I'll roll another perception. Yeah, yeah. Roll um, that first. Oh, uh, so it'll be nineteen, and then um, stealth. Yeah, five. Yeah, they don't wake up though. Okay. Or uh, six. I'm sorry. Yeah, they don't wake up. They are both snoozing, and as Ori flies up these other stairs. The <gasps> As Ori flies up these other stairs, you have no idea what's at the top of these stairs. Just blackness. As soon as she gets to the top of them, you see a head reach around toward her. You're not sure what the creature is or anything, but it is obviously lashing out as soon as she gets to the top. Yeah. Okay. So you're unsure what it is, but there's definitely something at the top of the stairs above the lizards. Something is alerted to our presence, I believe. Arwell's been sitting here for... Uh, 15 to 20 seconds, just his eyes glazed over. All of you are reverent toward this. You're all just kind of waiting. Buffalo is leaning side to side and wavering a bit. A guy, I imagine you have your hand on Buffalo, but you all are waiting for Arwell's report. He tells you that there is something at the very top of this tower that might be alert, that it might have been alerted to the fact that you guys are here. Do we want to continue to keep We these, need to continue. I mean, to keep these lizards with disease in their eyes. Well, I mean, yeah. we're going to stealth past them. To let's try to stealth first. Sure. I'll give you a health potion. How much does the potion give you? I have two health potions. 2d4 plus 4? Was okay. it? That's right. a, so that's a 12. Okay. Three. So, Patches, you make your way to the top of these stairs and you're alone? Your teammates are standing at the bottom I'm, of these? I'm going first. Okay. I think, I think are you just trying to get. You're just kind of watching me? 
Yeah, Absolutely. we're just, I think we're in the stairwell, maybe. So, Pat, as you walk up to the top of these stairs, you are in this room. You see these two lizard-like figures sleeping by the fire. You don't see anything else as you're in this room. You do see these four pillars in the middle on the eastern side of the room, which you're able to see right away as you come through this big open door. It has an enormous fire burning. The smoke is coming up from it and rising up a chimney above it. You can imagine that's where the smoke was coming from. It was rising out of this spire as you all were standing outside of it. Uh, you don't notice anything else, but there are banners flat in this room, tapestries that touch the floor where you were standing. Okay, I'm gonna continue past them and kind of like... We're following. I'm following. Behind you stealthily. I'll roll stealth. Sure. Um, 14. I want to like, kind of like crane my neck and like look up the second flight of stairs. Okay. As you were looking up the second flight of stairs, I will need you to... Well, you can keep your stealth check, actually. So that's a 12 and a 14. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you come up here, you notice a very serpent-like head at the top of these stairs reach out and bite toward you. Like, it's, it notices you as soon as you even barely peek around this. You see this lizard-like head with this huge neck crane and look over toward you as you are coming up these stairs. It's not as big as Unitazosis or anything like that, but you do notice this reptilian-like head whip over and it's just looking at you. And it's, it's just looking at me. It's just looking at you right now. Okay, I'm going to take my head back from uh, looking up the stairs. Sure. And you hear a low just like, as it like growls out and has this weird little guttural like growl toward you. Okay. And I want to sneak back uh, to the group. Yeah, as you are you sneaking see? back. Are you there? One, yeah, I'm like whispering. Oh, I'm not looking. One of these like, lizards has woken up. And its eyes are wide and looking at you in front of this fire. Oh, yeah, is this yeah. good or I, weird growl kind of perfect. emanates I'm from this thing's I'm sending Ori down the stairs and... Arvel's standing in this room. These two lizards, you are able to see one stand up and move from the fire. It doesn't move over to the other one, but it is slinking out um, toward all of you and looking around the room. Um, I'd like to roll nature. Mm-hmm. It is a cat. It's an eight. It looks like a giant lizard. That's all you can tell. Okay. So it sees me? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to slowly start backing toward the stairwell. I'm going to try to hide. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as soon as you hide behind the box where I saw it go. Try to roll sneak, roll stealth. Fuck. 11. Yeah, this thing immediately just like a whip, just like a lizard walks, it's running at you as you are trying to get back down these stairs and maybe around a pillar. And as it's scuttling across the floor, the other one rises its head and it's a smaller yet similar growl to what's upstairs. It's just like, as it like wakes up and you notice that one of these lizards is black, just like all of the pieces of stone and charcoal that are around you. The other is stark pearlescent white as it stands up and its blue eyes pierce through its skin as it wakes up and looks at you, this fire growing over its back, but they're both running toward you now. I'm gonna ready um, shocking grasp if it gets in touching distance. I shout out in Draconic. We mean you no harm! Call off your lizard dogs! <laughs> okay. Um, roll persuasion. 15, I don't know if I'd add anything to that. No, it's charisma, charisma. which is zero. His is zero. Oh, I looked at Yeah, so it's just 13. They are still 15, running... 18. Oh, you got a 15? Yeah, they're they're still running at patches. It seems like it has not affected them whatsoever as they're running. I just right. say, fuck. 
I heard the hooty hoot, so I'm running up the stairs. Um, I'm gonna. Well, there's nothing behind us, really. I'll um, maybe not running, but I'm going to make my way up in that direction. Okay. So uh, Adelaide's trying to get into the room. Arwol is in the room. With I'm in the room, kind of going backwards. Okay. But guys down the stairs out. yelling. <laughs> And does anyone else speak Draconic? I do. No. You, you can understand this very strange, like, uh, you played the new God of War, have you seen the World Serpent yet? Yeah. Oh, where it's like, like it yeah. sounds like that as he's screaming up these stairs, but nothing seems to happen. Adelaide, Arwol, and Patches are in this room with these lizards. Volna, Buffalo, Guy, and Callista are downstairs. And as Callista is creeping up these stairs, the door slams in your face. An enormous bang fills this room as Adelaide and Arwell are standing beside each other. Patches, you're on the other side of this room, this room with these lizards. And then you notice that there was an enormous figure standing behind that door that was wide open and a bar is sliding over the side of it that you are on. Pieces of granite are tied to its huge humanoid limbs as makeshift armor. A patchy beard covered in soot sits on its face, just like barely there. An exposed torso of this ugly, huge humanoid would suggest that it's female, but honestly, it's hard to tell. She takes a step into the room toward all of you with cloth-wrapped feet and a giant strange club in her hand. A fourth banner can be seen waving behind her as a tapestry that touches the floor that matches the other ones that are in this room. And she belches out, Pepper, salt, dinner time. And we're going to end episode 15 right there. Or 16. 16? 16. Episode 16. 16. Woo! Wow. That's amazing. Um, I do like the idea of a black and a white lizard. Oh, that's badass. Yeah. We're done.